This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Off the play action. Allen hit as he throws, able to complete it. Diggs and taillights time. Diggs is looking back. Touchdown. And he stumbles into the end zone. It's a 50-yard pass play from Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. We have our lightning bets coming up in about 20 minutes. Vic Chalksy, like he does every single day, will be joining us, and he'll share the BetQL model play or plays of the day. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio, the show is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook on Twitter at BetQL Daily. And speaking of Fandle, let's bring in Eddie Gross at Ed with Sports. At Ed with Sports, he has the Odds and Ed's podcast with Fandle. Ed, we've got football tonight. You excited? I, I'm stoked, and I'm stoked. I finally get to talk to you. It's been a minute. It has. It, it's it's been way too long. So just seeing football on the TV tonight. Um, is it just pure joy or is there a moment of, uh oh, we only have five more weeks till I get all my bets into or I'm completely set for the season and we're just over three weeks away from college? I, I think part of it is that because this is the Hall of Fame game, it still feels a, a ways away. Uh, that first full week of preseason games, I probably feel a little bit differently about that than, say, this sort of one-off where, you know, you're not going to see too many of the starters, if any. And, you know, it's more about the pop and circumstance and honoring the legends of football past. I kind of look at it more as the Hall of Fame weekend more than I do anything else, and that's fine. But I do know that if my preparations uh, are not by a certain point by next week, then it's time to panic and pull the hair out. Ed, I was looking at some of your tweets recently, just kind of going through what you've been thinking about, talking about it. And one thing that stood out to me, because I've been hitting for weeks now, the Jaguars are a live dog in the AFC South. And you mm-hmm. tweeted about that, 7-1. to one. Explain the thinking on the Jaguars. We know the Carson Wentz injury changed the AFC South. Titans are good, but feels like a division that could be pretty topsy-turvy. And I, I think the Jaguars make a big leap from last year to this year. Absolutely. And I think this is one of those situations where you can absolutely guarantee who is going to finish last in that division. Uh, I, I just can't see it being anybody other than the Houston Texans at this point. Uh, the, you know, the Deshaun Watson fiasco could very well explode. You're not seeing a whole lot of talent around them. Coaching is still a big question mark. There's so many problems with the Texans right now that it's pretty much safe to say that they're going to finish last in the division. So now you're down to one out of three at this point. Well, the Colts have real quarterback problems, and you can see a path to the Colts Maybe not finishing in last place, but being dangerously close to getting to that point. 
So now it's one out of two. So yes, Ryan Tannehill has played very, very well the last couple of years, but he could be very well due for some regression to the mean in terms of, uh, you know, how he's been fortunate not to be, you know, turnover prone. Yes, I know that the receiving core has been bolstered, but they lost a lot of guys as well. And so I'm not exactly sure that the passing attack is going to be exactly what Tannehill is used to, what he's comfortable with. And, you know, all the advantages the Titans have had in terms of play action, things like that. Well, everyone's catching up to the Titans now offensively. And so you add up all of these things and now all of a sudden you're looking at the Jaguars going, well, yeah, maybe they're not the most efficient franchise in the world in terms of how they drafted, but they have some good quality guys. Trevor Lawrence is a solid quarterback. The receiving core is fine. Now it's it's possible that they could uh, pull this off because there are not too many steps between point A and point B to make it work. No, no. Now I've got to hear more of Joe G talk about Urban Meyer as, as coach. <laughs> possibility. I, I'm with you guys, though. The value's there in a division at it that is up for grabs. Kirk Cousins in the news today. Well, he's been in the news. Oh, that's, couple that's of nice. Weeks. That's but cool. uh, the Vikings activate Kirk Cousins. Uh, this morning. Uh, l- let's talk about that. I know you were uh, tweeting about that as well. It's I brought this up a million times because I still can't believe it. There are moments in time like, oh, man, can I go back there and just hammer a bet? A-, a week and a half ago, the Vikings were favored over the weekend to win the NFC North. The win total is eight and a half. Your thoughts on Minnesota? And it looks like uh, the juice may still very well be uh, on the north side of eight and a half. And to me, I'm going in the other direction. And not not that I want to make this uh, a current events kind of conversation, but I think these things matter in terms of figuring out where to place your bets. I mean, if if Minnesota has the lowest vaccination rate or one of the lower vaccination rates in football, then to me, you are exposing yourself to some real harm. Uh, I, for one, happen to like vaccinations. And I, and I think that matters in these conversations because, look, if, you know, we saw what happened with the Ravens last season with COVID. There were a lot of problems there to where here is a really talented football team that combined with natural volatility from, you know, an incredible 2019 campaign, they all of a sudden fell down uh, back to reality. And while I get that the NFC North is not the greatest of divisions in the world, Minnesota still has a lot to do to catch up to the Packers. Uh, The Lions, you know, certainly aren't looking great, but boy, do I love the Chicago Bears uh, and what they've done in the draft and this offseason. So, there are a lot of matchups that should be concerning for Minnesota anyway. And now that there are some real dangers in terms of who actually is going to be rolled out there, uh, I have some concerns that they're able to, to get beyond 500. I, I would hammer the under at this point. And the last couple of days, we've been talking about the NFC West, a division that has four teams, eight or more on the win total uh, over under. It's a, it's a great division, but one of the mm-hmm. best we've ever seen top to bottom. I agree. What stands out to you in it? Uh, the Niners, slight favorites, Rams after that. The Seahawks have never lost or never had a losing record with Russell Wilson, new offense coordinator, and now Kyler Murray trying to take that next leap. What stands out to you when we look at the NFC West? Win totals, favorite, underdogs. What, what do you think there? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think what's interesting is that the Seattle Seahawks are very much anti-analytical in a number of ways. For starters, yes, last year was all about letting Russ cook and throwing the ball a good bit more. And I think they had a lot of success with that at the beginning of the season. But now you're not so sure if they're going to stubbornly run the football a good bit more in inefficient situations. But what's fascinating to me is that Seattle always finds a way to exceed their Pythagorean win record of sorts, meaning uh, they're winning a bunch of close games and then they get blown out at random times or lose to the, the, the silliest of opponents. And yet somehow they're constantly making the playoffs. And normally when you see that trend, you go, okay, well, the next year they're going to fall back down to reality, maybe lose a lot of close games you know, things just aren't going to fall their way. It, it never seems to happen with them. And uh, credit Russell Wilson for always finding a way, I suppose, uh, having that moxie every single time. But the path for them to win the division is very much there simply because they have Russell Wilson. Uh, you can see the path for winning the division for the Rams, for the 49ers, even the Cardinals with some of the things that they did in terms of getting J.J. Watt and Malcolm Butler. Uh, I think those things are good. Injury history is concern uh, with all of these guys, but you put it all together, you know, Kyler Murray can certainly run a solid offense. I, I don't know if it's that efficient because sometimes they like to go for wide receiver set and sometimes that, that takes away from protection. But you can see a path really for all four teams to win that division, which normally would, would tell me, okay, well, then, you know, take the longest odds and try and get the biggest payout. I still am handicapping the Cardinals a little bit less than everybody else, and even less than that uh, plus 600 number the last I checked. But for some reason, Seattle always seems to buck the trend uh, when it comes to all those volatility issues. You know, one season they, you know, win all the close games, then you would expect them not to the following year, but that doesn't happen with them. It always seems to go their way. So why not take a flyer on them one more time? Our guest, Ed Egros at Ed with Sports. He hosts the Odds and Ends podcast with FanDuel Sportsbook by QL Daily. Joe O and Joe G with you. And Ed, we hit on the NFC West there, NFC North, AFC South. Any other division futures you find interesting? Yeah, let's talk about the NFC East for just a little bit because I am certainly a believer in the Dallas Cowboys and I find it fascinating that there are fewer and fewer people who are, uh, whether they're they're going on uh, the Washington bandwagon, maybe they do believe that, that Philadelphia is going to have this Deshaun Watson trade happen, I don't know. But what's interesting to me is, okay, yeah, look at the beginning of last year and with Dak Prescott, you know, they had to have that miracle finish to beat the Falcons. Uh, they had a couple of bad losses in that mix, and then things really fell apart for them. Well, while I do have concerns about, say, the Cowboys' offensive line, the fact that they are aging and they may not have done enough to uh, take care of those things, still, though, Dak Prescott doesn't have an injury history per se. 
he missed out on the season or most of the season uh, because of a fluke play. It wasn't anything that he necessarily did. He wasn't deteriorating per se. And yeah, I know there are a couple of, uh, you know, things involving, uh, you know, I believe arm shoulder or something like that. But, you know, to me, that, that doesn't matter. You know, he should be ready come week one. He's not playing tonight. And while they do have a, a tough season opener, the schedule is pretty favorable the rest of the way to me. And so I think this is a team that can not only win the division, but I think can win it handily. You look at the quarterbacks who are in the division right now. How is Dak Prescott not a strong number one in everyone's rankings? Uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is incredibly volatile. Yeah, he can throw some deep balls every now and again, but I I don't necessarily, you know, trust him, you know, beyond what he can do with, say, Terry McLaurin. Uh, you know, Philadelphia's quarterback situation may now look suspect. Uh, Daniel Jones, very turnover prone. And I think some of that, you know, turnover worthy play, the, the turnover worthy plays that he throws and, and fumbles, uh, those seem to be a little bit more consistent with him than, say, with other quarterbacks. And so I look at Dak's play over the last few years and go, how can you not trust this guy to lead this team past the division uh, and into a comfortable seat in the NFC? Yeah, he's by far the best quarterback in that division. There's no question. Ed, let's let's talk a little college here. We're about three weeks away, college football. Give us a team. Joe and I have been going over, and we had some guests on talking about surprise teams. Give us a team, not named Alabama, not named Clemson, but they're kind of on your radar, better than people think, or you think something big might be forming. Give us a college football team you got on your radar. So this one is a little bit odd, I know, but there is something about what the Texas Longhorns are putting together that makes things intriguing. Now, obviously in the Big 12, it's going to be Oklahoma and everybody else. But if there was ever a bet out there to say, okay, who's a good dog to finish second in the Big 12? I would take a serious flyer on the Texas Longhorns. I look at what Steve Sarkeesian has done. I don't really care about his head coaching experience. Uh, you know, some of it was good. Some of it wasn't, you know, had some success in the Pac-12, I suppose. It, that doesn't really matter to me too much. What I think matters a good bit more is just look at the offense that he was putting together uh, at Alabama a season ago. And yes, the talent was unbelievable, but they were executing uh, arguably the best offense that college football has ever seen with RPOs, with play action, uh, with using the middle of the field. That's exactly what you want to be doing. And with the quarterback battle happening in Austin right now, you have guys who can probably handle a playbook and be able to run similar RPO uh, type plays and play action. And I think, especially with the Big 12, there there's not – a lot of heavy duty competition outside of maybe Iowa State. I think TCU might be, uh, you know, formidable, but there's not a whole lot of competition there that leads me to believe that Texas uh, cannot surprise enough people with recruit recruiting classes they've had over the last few years and go, you know what? They could get back to the Big 12 championship game. Now, are they going to beat Oklahoma? Uh, probably not. I mean, you know, Spencer Rattler is unbelievable. Uh, Oklahoma is a program, you know, they'll, they'll win again, but for a second-place team in the Big 12, I think Texas has a real shot. Yeah, and you kind of hit on it, Ed. There are a lot of bets that you can't really make in college football because right. the same teams again and again <laughs> in the end due to some advantages that uh, some right. squads have. So how do you handle your preseason bets when it comes to college football? Uh, do, do you address Heisman? Do you stay away from the titles, conference futures, focus on win totals? Where do you go? 
Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, the national championship, I tend to go with the usual suspects uh, just because, uh, you know, the payout is still decent enough. Uh, I, I tend not to go with too many outliers just because we don't see them very often. Now, it's not something where I'm necessarily going, going to hedge those bets. Uh, it, it's either going all in on Alabama once or all in on Clemson once and then being comfortable with that, you know, the rest of the way. Uh, that's just the thing with college football is that, I, I love how we talk about parity in the sport, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't exist uh, because it's pretty much the same four to five to six teams making the playoff to begin with. Now, if anybody, you know, from what I've researched, uh, has a chance, you know, outside of the usual suspects to make the playoff, uh, outside of the Power Five, I think Central Florida is a team that I'm I'm looking at carefully in terms of Dylan Gabriel uh, now getting to work with Gus Malzahn, I think one of the great offensive minds in the sport. That is something that I'm going to find intriguing. Uh, you know, American Athletic, I know everyone's looking at Cincinnati, but UCF uh, looks pretty good. Uh, my SMU Mustangs, uh, I think that's a team that we need to be watching carefully for. But I look at all these things and I go, the parody just isn't there. So for national championship odds, you know, pick Alabama or Clemson, you're probably going to be just fine there. But then as far as Heisman odds are concerned, the big advice I give there is never go after the favorite. As much as I love Spencer Rattler, as much as I love Oklahoma, it's usually somebody, given how you know voters think psychologically, they always pick someone they are surprised by. And so it's finding four to five star quarterback uh, going into a program that makes it work, all of a sudden you put that together as a surprise that no one ever saw coming. That's usually who gets Heisman attention. So try and find someone middle to lower on the board and get a bigger payout that way. Eddie Gross, the Odds and Eds podcast with FanDuel Sportsbook. Thank you so much, Ed. We look forward to doing it once again. Terrific information on the NFL and college football there. Coming up next on BetQL Daily with Joe O and Joe G, we've got our lightning bets for the day. Keep locked on BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.